are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But what are we talking about on today's podcast? Well, I got Locked On Giants host Ben Caspic of Locked On Giants on the podcast, like I said I would, to discuss everything surrounding Chris Bryant today, or excuse me, excuse me, I lied, surrounding Buster Posey today. We'll talk about Chris Bryant on a later podcast, but not today's podcast. Today's podcast is about Buster Posey, his retirement, looking back at his career, how are the Giants going to replace his production, did Ben Caspic see this coming? So we're talking about all the angles from Buster Posey's retirement. So let's jump right into the pod with Ben Caspic of Locked On Giants. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as advertisers bring Ben Caspic of Locked On Giants on the podcast. Ben, come on down on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast for I don't know how many times you've been on here. You're one of the go-to regular guests, I guess, at this point of my podcasting Locked On Diamondbacks career. So, Ben, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Like I was saying before we went on, I'm excited to talk some baseball. There's been really nothing going on except these minor league signings and uh, today we're going to talk a little more major league stuff, so looking forward to that. Yeah, how have you been able to get through your podcast recently? What <laughs> kind of content have you been discussing with this lockout going on? There were some projections that came out up on Fangraphs that we spent a few days talking about, and then, gosh, what did we even? T- a lot of mailbags. I think the <laughs> okay. the the, fan, the listeners have some good questions and always, you know, pertinent to what's going on with the team, and so it's a fun way to like you know, engage with what people are thinking about, but also engage with your, your listeners. So that's, that's been a regular thing on our show. Anything you've been doing, I can take some notes. Yeah. I, yeah, I might need to get a mailbag going. I'm just always scared. All the questions are just going to be fake ones I created because no one's going to send anything in. So we'll see. We'll maybe do a mailbag in the future, but I've been doing kind of, it's been kind of Christmas week here on the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. I did like a 12 Diamondbacks of Christmas 
two-day podcast where I picked 12 D-backs players. Just kind of said the gift they're bringing to the D-backs to help the team improve in 2022. And then I did like a Mike Hazen Christmas wish list of what he needs to go get after the lockout. So we've been trying to stick with the Christmas holiday theme here on the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. You know, just trying to make it through this lockout. But before the lockout, the Giants offseason, it's been pretty interesting, Ben Kaspic. And I kind of just want to ask you about that. We're going to go all over the Giants offseason. But so far, I just want to ask you, how are you feeling about the Giants offseason this point of the lockout, I guess? At this point of the offseason, how are you feeling about the Giants? Well, it definitely feels incomplete. I If they went into the season and this was kind of the main, these were the main moves that they made and they don't make any other significant changes, then I would at that point be ready to say that it's been a disappointment because this is a, the offseason we've been circling as Giants fans for a long time with all these contracts coming off the books and so all this money theoretically available to spend, and they haven't really done that. They entered the offseason with only one starting pitcher kind of under contract for next year, and that was Logan Webb. Thankfully, Webb had like a breakout season and kind of emerged in the second half and into the playoffs as like an ace. But so that's great. But then you only have one guy. So the fact that they've they re-signed Anthony DiSclefani, they re-signed Alex Wood, and then they sign Alex Cobb, all of whom were signed to multi-year deals. It's a good start for me because it gives them, you know, four starters as opposed to one. But yeah, it ultimately does feel incomplete and they've lost some really big names. Yeah, it's still so early in the offseason. It's hard to give too much of a harsh critique on any of these teams of what they've done so far. I mean, the Giants have lost some people. The team like the Yankees haven't really made a move so far, but there's still so many big time free agents on the market that we're going to be talking about later on this pod. And I want to talk a little bit about that rotation later, too. But I first want to start here, Ben Kaspik, because I felt like this was the first domino to the Giants offseason, and it was that Buster Posey retirement, which to me, I felt like just came out of left field, honestly. Like, I didn't see any whispers or any reports during the season like, this could be Buster Posey's, Buster Posey's last year. Like, for you as the locked-on Giants guy, like, did you know this Posey retirement was coming? Were you surprised by it? Like, I, I was just honestly taken by left field from this retirement. Yeah, I had an idea that it was a possibility, and we talked about it a lot on the show. It kind of felt like, in some ways, that it couldn't happen because he's just been such a huge part of this team for so long. But uh, just knowing Posey and knowing how much of a family guy he is and what he's gone through kind of with injuries, and honestly, I'm trying to remember why exactly I really felt like it was a distinct possibility he would retire Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with his contract was basically up. There was a club option for uh, 2022 that was certain to be exercised, but it always felt to me like there was a chance he would retire. And he did. I mean, so not the Derek Jeter route of kind of having the send off and all the gifts and all that. But uh, yeah, instead he, he announces after the season. So in some ways as a fan, you feel a little bit gypped, like you didn't get a chance to say a proper goodbye, but also it's his right, and that's just kind of his personality. He likes to be out of the spotlight, and that's part of why I felt like he might retire. He, As much as he loves baseball and winning, he also doesn't really want to be the center of attention. And so 
his career's over. I still kind of can't believe it, but what a career it was. Yeah, because this guy broke into the leagues in 2009, and we basically saw his whole career right before our eyes. One of the best catchers in baseball during his time. But 2019, you, you say you have a feeling that, you know, during the season that he might have retired, but still. 2019, he didn't play a ton, 114 games. So he did play a good amount, but wasn't the same Buster Posey that we've seen in recent years. Then he opted out of the 2020 season. And maybe you think there that maybe the end is on the horizon for Buster Posey. He's in the decline. It doesn't seem like the player, the same player physically, especially after some injuries he's dealt with in his career. But he comes back in 2021. And seriously, he, he was probably the best catcher, maybe next to Salvador Perez offensively in baseball this past season he had a, a complete resurgence and revival of his career that kind of made me as part of the reason why I was so surprised as to why he was retiring because he's coming off an all-star appearance where he was deemed maybe the best catcher in baseball and now he's just gone just like that do you think after a phenomenal season like he just had it made it tougher for him to walk away from the game or is this something that you think was always pre-planned and preconceived and premeditated in his mind you will hear that answer from Ben Kaspik, but this episode is brought to you by Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. This Christmas, I'm definitely begging my parents for a pair of Stan socks because I can't stand going to work for eight hours and not having comfortable socks on my feet. It's a really big nuisance that you don't realize, so go get your pair of Stan socks so you don't have to deal with it. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Those that feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. get back into the podcast with Ben Kaspik of Lockdown Giants. Honestly, I think it in a weird way is the opposite. I think that he proved nope. that he he did not want to go out kind of because nobody wanted him anymore. And the fact that he was able to come out and just kind of prove to himself first and foremost and also prove to everybody else that he is still a great player and then beating the Dodgers for the first time in the division in so long, the last time anyone had won, it was the giants in 2012 in the NL West. So to set a record for wins for the franchise, to have the season that he had to set a giants record for home runs to lead the league in home runs I just feel like, I mean, what else could he accomplish? That's part of what my feeling was he's got three rings. He's got an MVP. He has a rookie of the year. He's got multiple silver sluggers, a gold glove, multiple all-star appearances. And then he's got this season where he led the team to the most wins in franchise history. They beat the Dodgers. You just can't do any better than that. And so why not kind of go out on top if you already – 
feel like you've done everything you can possibly do. He's also disgustingly rich. So what more could he accomplish? And yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I see it. And going out on top, I think there's something kind of cool to that. And he played his whole career with one team, which was also something he wanted to do. So he d- he did it all in his career. Yeah, I think the accomplishment that's going to stick out most for Busta Posey is that MVP award they just mentioned because catchers just don't win that award a lot. Like, you're not playing a full slate of games. Like, you're typically not playing 162 games if you're a catcher just because of the wear and tear. But he played, like, 150 games or something crazy during his MVP season. He, like, led the league in batting average, too. Like, he had such a... uh expansive offensive game that you just don't typically see from catchers like Yadi is considered a pretty good catcher but still he was more of a contact hitter low power like he could get on base not strike out a ton but he wasn't giving you the 25 home runs that a Buster Posey was giving you with the 330 average and an OPS around 900 like Buster Posey's offensive game and repertoire was just on a different level of most catchers that we've seen in modern baseball over the last 20 years. I think the last catcher to win an MVP before Buster Posey was Ivan Rodriguez Pudge in 1999. So it's not something that you see a lot. And I think that, I think that MVP is going to be the thing that stands out the most from his fantastic career. Because like you said, I know baseball, we don't value winning that much, but to win three rings is a ton. And I think that's a huge accomplishment for Buster Posey in his career. But do you think, I know you're not the Hall of Fame guy, Ben, and I think we all consider Buster Posey a Hall of Famer, but do you think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? It's hard to say because, I mean, baseball writers, I feel like we need to split the vote or something when it comes to MLB Hall of Fame voting because some of these ballots that are coming out, they're absolutely terrible and they need to stay anonymous because uh, I, I don't know how you could put your name to some of these ballots that are dropping. But do you consider Buster Posey a first ballot Hall of Famer? That's a tough one. I mean, me personally, I would have no question in my mind to vote him as a Hall of Famer. I think in general, catchers are underrepresented. And when you consider he was, to me, pretty clearly the best catcher in the game over the period that he played. And how can you not be a first ballot Hall of Famer if you're the best at your position over a significant amount of time, plus all the accolades that you don't necessarily have to have? even if you're a great player, like the the MVP, the the rings. I mean, he had everything to do with those World Series rings. They don't win a single one of them without him. How much more value could he possibly provide? And plus, defensively, he was a good defensive catcher, a good mm-hmm. framer, a good leader of a pitching staff. So I'm not sure if he'll be first ballot because some people have a question as a field. Some people have legitimate questions as to whether or not he's a hall of famer to me. Oh, really? Yeah. I've, I've talked to people on this show, on my show that aren't so sure, or at least it's more of a question, but uh, so I don't, I don't know. I'm not the hall of fame expert, but I hope so. But as long as he gets in, I think it'll be uh, celebrated here in the Bay area. Yeah. That, MLB Hall of Fame is just the weirdest because there's no like baseline or standard if you're like oh this guy is really good and these guys are kind of comparable if that guy's already in the Hall of Fame then this guy has to be in the Hall of Fame too like you can't use simple logic when it comes to the MLB Hall of Fame voting like you just have to throw all that out but I feel like when you look at Buster Posey and just compare him to any catcher in the last 20 years like he pretty much stacks up if he's not better than all of them outside of like uh, Yadier Molina's in the conversation and maybe a couple other dudes but 
considering he's maybe the best catcher of the last 20 years since like a Ivan Rodriguez, I feel like he has to go in the Hall of Fame. But back to the Locked On Dimebacks times Locked On Giants crossover, because I was going to ask you, Ben, how do you think Buster Posey's production get replaced in that lineup? Because uh, we're going to talk about Chris Bryant here pretty soon about him potentially leaving too. Like that's a big bat in your order to be missing. He's been one of the most consistent offensive players, you know, you could say outside of even catcher in baseball over, you know, his peak period. So how do the giants expect to replace a guy like him, not only in their lineup, but also behind the plate too. You will hear that answer from Ben Kaspik, but this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Well, it helps that they do have one of the better catching prospects in the game in Joey Bart. But on okay. the flip side of that, uh, he Joey Bart, when Posey opted out, po- uh, Bart played a lot in 2020, and it was a disaster. I mean, he didn't. He played terribly. He didn't hit, and he he had trouble even like catching the baseball as a catcher. And so, there's no guarantee that a prospect is going to come in and have success. And so I don't think they're expecting Bart to just come in and, and fill the void left by Posey seamlessly, but it does help to at least have a guy who could be really good kind of step in next, but they'll have to replace it in, you know, the aggregate they'll have to, I don't think you're just going to, there's no superstar catcher to just go out there and acquire to fill that void. I mean, like you mentioned with Chris Bryant as well. Yeah. It's a couple of big time producers in the middle of that lineup gone. And Bryant is still a free agent. There are other players out there who are available, but I mean, the one thing that I'll say is that in 2020, even with Posey opting out, no Chris Bryant yet. And Joey Bart playing a lot and struggling the Giants still had a very good offensive season in 2020 even though it was a short year but they scored the eighth most runs in baseball that year so I think that they're like deep enough through the rest of their roster to be able to still be productive but at at, at the same time there's just no question that it's a big drop-off I mean despite that they they didn't have a lot of success in 2020 they were a little bit under 500 and this year they won 107 games. So if you want to get back to being like a 90 plus win team or 95 plus win team, they've got work to do. Do you think the Giants, despite his poor play in 2020, they're going to ride Joey Bart as a full-time catcher in 2021? Or could you see them maybe going out and getting at least a platoon guy to, you know, maybe take half the workload off his plate. So it doesn't have to be all Joey Bart trying to replace Buster Posey's production. Well, they've got Kurt Casale under club control. Casale was the uh, backup 
so to speak, for Posey this year. And man, they had a ton of success when Casale was in the lineup. I don't know if that's just kind of a random uh, fluky thing, but they were like 42 and 12 in starts by Casale, something crazy like that. He is really good defensively and a good kind of leader of a pitching staff. So it's nice to have Casale around. But if it's just Bart and Casale, I think there's the potential for disaster because Casale's not much of a hitter. And then if Bart struggles, what do you do? You've got to send Bart down and then you only have Kurt Casale. So, yes, I think they need to find a way to bring somebody in who's like got a major league track record and can fill in in case Bart and Casale, that duo just I mean, Joey Bart. If it's just Bart and Casale, they've got to give the opportunities to Bart because Mm -hmm. of the upside and the chance that he could become really good. You can't just have him sitting on the bench. But if he struggles, I think he needs to get sent down, not just sit on the bench where he's not even developing or playing. So it's a it's kind of a head scratcher. I've been trying to speaking of what we've been talking about with the lockout. I spent a lot of time talking about how are the Giants going to figure out the catcher position. They went from being like arguably in the best position of any yeah. team to now arguably being in one of the worst positions. But again, Bart gives them hope that maybe, I mean, Bart, yeah, he's got a ton of power. He, the scouting report is that he's a good defender and he's a big bodied catcher. He kind of gets down low and he frames well and he can block really well. He's got a great arm. So he was the number two overall pick in 2018 so he's a he's been a top prospect but it's just a matter of i mean as you know they don't always pan out so Mm -hmm. and we saw it in 2020 so yeah i don't know exactly what's gonna happen and i think catcher just one of those positions that probably have a bigger learning curve learning curve than other positions in baseball just because you have to worry about their pitcher you have to know all his pitching mechanics and what he likes to throw and all his spots you know in the strike zone and then you got to be good at the plate yourself and know the other pitcher scouting report so when you go against them like there's just so much information you have to take in as a catcher i just think there's a larger learning curve there than maybe other positions around the diamond but I would probably just give Bart uh, some time, be patient with him because a guy like Dalton Varsha, one of the top prospects for the D-backs, who is also a catcher, like he didn't look good his first two years. He didn't look good this past season, at least in the first half. And then the second half of this 2020 season, he took off. He had a monster second half of the season. Now all D-backs fans are like, whoa, this guy Dalton Varsha might be the real deal. He might be the X factor in the NL West, at least for this D-backs team, maybe to, you know, the difference between 65 and 68 wins for this team next season. So we'll see how Dalton Varsha fares out. But that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Shout out to Ben Caspic of Locked on Giants for hopping on today's pod. We got part two coming out tomorrow discussing Kevin Gosman leaving in free agency and the Giants rotation. How do they replace him? So it's going to be a jam-packed pod tomorrow. Even do a little, a little tease on the top remaining free agents and predictions for where we think the top remaining free agents can go. Of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener. The podcast is free and available on all platforms. So please tell your friends. Don't forget to check out Lockdown Bets for your second listen of the day. Your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling is putting money in your pocket. So how can you not listen to that? Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!